execute Order 66. Yes, Lord Sidious. Rex, it's Anakin. I feel like something terrible has happened. Rex? No. I'll do it. Rex, what's happening? Stay back! Find him. Find him. Vibes. Find him! <laughs> Welcome to episode 15 of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I'm here with... Nick Peroni. Nick Peroni, back at it. And we are here to talk about parts 3 and 4 of the Siege of Mandalore, the end of the Clone Wars as we know it. Nick, how are you holding up after finishing the entire series now? Um, it's it, To be honest... I've just kind of really gotten over it. Um, I've watched these last four episodes probably more than I've watched any other episodes of, I guess, any of the cartoon series or any of the arcs that we that we love. You know, we talked about the Mortis arc a lot. I've I've watched these four episodes more than any other. Pretty close to the Twilight Apprentice and Rebels. Uh, how much times I've I've watched that, but. Uh, I've watched this so many times. Um, I've watched it in the dark. <laughs> I've watched it in the wee hours of the morning. I've watched it with my daughters. I've watched it. I mean, I, I've watched it so many times. I would pay money to go watch it right now in the theater, uninhibited, unreleased. I can guarantee I would be at the edge of my seat even if I watched it in the theater. Like It was just I, I can't explain it. It was just such such a beautiful story, such a well-told story. The animation was just gorgeous. I mean, I was watching it again today before we talked, and you could, like, even see the pupils, like, dilate of the characters, like, in different, you know, light and dark. I mean, you could literally see the amount of effort put into any every frame that they created for us. And I tell you what, I mean... I, it's some of the best Star Wars that I have ever seen. And I and I talk about this from loving Rebels and loving the Mandalorian and loving the original trilogy and I it the storytelling and everything. My gosh, it just really got me. I mean, when I was watching the last two episodes with my daughters, three and six year old, this was the first time ever that they were watching it. And didn't ask a question throughout the whole thing. Like it even entranced my girls. Like I don't know what it was. The music or they were really into it finally for some reason. These last two episodes. We watched it back to back with them. And they just sat there and like in awe. You know I was looking every once in a while. They're just putting food in their mouth. And their eyes are just kind of like this. I'm like oh my goodness. Um, I also felt bad as a father wondering if they should be watching 
maul destroy him and be close like like that <laughs> i second guessed it but i was just like yeah okay but it um, got, just got intense just just brilliant um so lucky to be able to watch the end of this journey yeah it was worth the wait in a big way it it was the anticipation was there and very rarely does something like stick the landing so much. You know, there's been so many endings to TV shows, movie trilogies, just everything that, you know, you just feel like missed the mark or it wasn't as good as what came before it. But yeah, these, this last arc was, it was crazy. The, just the whole, the whole thing was, I I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's been, nine days now since it came out, but it's still like that last shot just, or that last like five minutes, just, I still don't even know how to feel about it because it was just like so intense and it brought everything together so well. And they didn't even say any words in the last, you know, five or six minutes of that episode. And it just like, I still, I'm just like in awe. I'm just like, Whoa, like did that, is that how they really ended it like that? But it was, it was so like kind of dark Um, And it wasn't as hopeful, which, you know, it's Revenge of the Sith timeline and it's Order 66, but you'd think, you know, at least with Star Wars, there's normally like that glimmer of hope. And this one, it felt really somber and really sad, but in a weird way, like uplifting. I don't know if that even makes sense, but it was like a good kind of somber. It wasn't like I'm depressed about it. It's just like, whoa, like, what did I just witness? Yeah, it was a beautiful ending. And I would say add to that is everything that's come out since, you know, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, you know, obviously we were uh, being younger, you know, we got to see the original, you know, later down the road and the original, and in the prequel trilogy, you know, we knew what was going to happen. So the allure of kind of like what's going to happen next was gone. And so everything with star Wars for me after that rebels, you know, I'm looking for like, and I've said it multiple times, you know, clone wars, rebels, Mandalorian resistance, um, the novels, the comics, I'm looking for these consistent tie-ins, like what's going to be next or like looking at these little Easter eggs. that's going to lead us down the next path of star Wars stories. We knew just kind of like the prequel trilogy and how the clone wars are going to end. And so, this whole time it like captivated me. We're like, that wasn't even like a mindset that I was in. I was just wanted it to end perfectly or beautifully or elegantly. And my God, it did. I mean, it did give us some more side stories. Like it did give us like, okay, where's Maul? You know, like where did Maul go? Like all these different things. It gave us that, but I didn't feel the need to like kind of run down those tunnels, if that makes sense. Like I was just entranced in what the story they were, what story they were telling us, and it, it just landed for me. Like I didn't care about all those little rabbit holes, maybe that they were leading us down. I just was wanting a good finish to that particular part of the story and how it connected. And my gosh, did they hit a home run! Yeah, they did. And throughout the entire series, it was little nuggets here and there as far as we know Order 66 is coming and we know how this ends. And like we're constantly reminded that Anakin's a little darker now, right? We see that jump out all the time. Uh, We know that Ahsoka is not going to be in Revenge of the Sith. She's not going to be in the original trilogy. Like what happened to Ahsoka? We get... Uh, the clones, just like we know how the clones 
and and how their story you know unfolds but yeah the way that everything just came together was crazy it was just so so good it was perfect it was a you know these last four episodes just it felt like a movie you're right i'd pay to go see it in the theaters hopefully one day it gets that treatment and i wouldn't be surprised if it does because i mean it was it was a movie front to back and just it, it couldn't have gone any better up up to the very last moment of when we see vader and we'll talk about that much more here in a bit but it just it wrapped up very nicely and yeah it, i'm glad that you know we were pretty close to not getting any of that at all i mean until uh you know disney did buy it and the campaign started to bring it back and i you know it was one of those stories that we always heard about like yeah well this is what we were gonna do in the final season and this is what we were gonna do and like we could have just been completely without that and uh, i think yeah the clone wars deserve that type of end and yeah it just it wrapped up perfectly but let's go ahead. Let's get right into it. In this episode, we will be having Rebels spoilers as well. Very hard to not talk about Rebels for what happens with the end of Clone Wars here. So just a heads up for everyone listening that uh, we will be getting into some Rebels spoilers too. So we're, we've talked about parts one and two, which were amazing now we're gonna go ahead and talk about parts three and four showing order 66 on the clone wars was kind of an inevitability i had thought of it for a long time and how would we play it out what was the point of view we had seen it in the film largely from the point of view of all of the jedi throughout the galaxy you have to understand as in a cinematic portrayal to keep things moving you're showing this beat after beat after beat of these jedi going down and it probably in a lot of cases was quick and sudden as it was portrayed but i thought there were probably also instances where it was a slightly longer event and some jedi held out a bit longer or more or even survived ahsoka's world is literally shattering in this episode everything she knows and believes in is turned upside down i think she doesn't know what to believe at this point and order 66 is literally happening so the episode is called shattered we know what's coming order 66 is going to happen in this episode and so we're just kind of on the edge of our seats the entire time it opens over mandalore you know they've won the siege of mandalore the clones are taking control. They have Saxon and Rook in custody. Uh, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are talking. And then this is where Rex comes in. I love the little kind of quick react, the, the quick communication between Bo and Ahsoka. I really think like once, you know, that obviously once they were kind of adversaries and now they're, they're friends. I like that. Uh, another line that, that, that Bo says to uh, Ahsoka that I really, really like, it's, you know, I wish I was something other. I was wish I was good at something other than war because, you know, it's kind of like a sad thing that she's always been trying. She's been kind of against her sister, Satine, and always been on the opposite end of thinking what she is the best to help her people. And you know, Ahsoka says, you know, right now they need a different type of leader. And we don't know if, if she ever becomes that, you know, because does she become a leader and help them fight the Empire? And, you know, are they just so weak after this siege that the Empire just comes and just kind of wipes them through? You know what I mean? Or we never know that until Rebels when, you know, she eventually takes the Darksaber. And I think it's cool because, you know, later, you know, we'll talk about it here in a minute. It's kind of almost like a, a similar of scenes where she's, Bo says she's only 
she's only been good at war, only thing that she knows. And, you know, later when Ahsoka's in this, in this um, hyperspace and she's talking to Rex, she's like, you know, ever since, you know, I, I was a Jedi, we we're supposed to be p- keepers of the peace. But all I've ever been is she's ever been as a warrior or I think that's cool how that kind of like a similarity, how they both thought they were going to be different people. But this whole war kind of brought them opposite the way they were they were going. They they think they were supposed to go, if that makes sense. So I, I think that was kind of a cool little nugget. Yeah, there. it's it's good to get that last little bit from Bo before she leaves, because, yeah, when we find her in Rebels, it's the same thing. They're still fighting. You know, it's constant. It's just war. And she is good at that. And, you know, Satine's way didn't work. Her way, obviously, didn't work. But yeah, kind of what Mandalore goes through between Clone Wars and Rebels is going to be interesting once all those gaps get filled in as well. But yeah, that was that. that is a really good parallel between Bo, Ahsoka, and Rex, really, because I mean, they're like what are we all doing you know like what are, what are we doing with our lives all we're doing is fighting and it's just like adds to you know on top of what we know of the skywalker saga being tragic from the get-go i mean it's just everybody in this has has lost you know because of who's really in charge and palpatine's pulling the strings and everything so yeah that's a good that's a good conversation that we get so then ahsoka goes in and we get the Jedi Council. This is when Mace, Kiadu Mundi, uh, I'm saying that probably wrong, Ayla Secura, and Yoda are having their exact conversation from Revenge of the Sith, right? And so right before this conversation happens is when Mace tells Anakin to go talk to the Chancellor, let him know that Obi-Wan has found Grievous, and they're going to you know, deal with the Chancellor depending on how he reacts to that. So he tells Anakin, and this obviously is not in the Clone Wars episode, but this is in Revenge of the Sith, to go do that. And then they have their little conversation about he senses a plot to destroy the Jedi. And then Kiari Mundi says something, and then... Yoda says, to a dark place, this line of thought will carry us. In Revenge of the Sith, it cuts off there and it switches scenes. In Clone Wars, Ahsoka walks in at that moment. So she misses having one final conversation and seeing Anakin by 30 seconds. And just watching Revenge of the Sith now, you know exactly where this is because it stops immediately, you know, after Yoda says that. And we now know that Ahsoka walks in and that's just the coolest thing. I mean, we got that a little bit, you know, with parts one and two, as far as lining things up, but this was like literally scene to scene lining up. And it just, it's, it's just so awesome how they, how they tied it all together. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's cool to see like a different, a different vantage point. And, um, you know, we get it again, what we've been, it's been leading up to this, um, like the Jedi's inability to like see what they think they're doing, what the right thing that they think they're doing. Like they, they just can't get past that. And this is a perfect example with Mace here. I mean, like I've always, I mean, he's a cool character and I've always kind of liked him, but like the way he interacts in this scene, it's just like, again, it's another black eye on the Jedi. And like, I mean, it's just arrogance and, 
like the way, you know, Yoda's always Yoda and he, you know, I, I don't think he really says much to any, like, you know, like he could have said, Hey, Yoda, you know, Hey Mace, you know, chill out brother. Um, but you know, it's just not Yoda. He just, you know, wants to kind of keep the peace and you can tell that he loves everyone. And, you know, after the little meeting, you know, he talks, you know, more do you have to say Ahsoka, you know, and he says, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it here, but you know, the, the scenes that he says, the things that he says to her, you know, you did this not as a Jedi. And she's like, no, not yet. And then when they're talking later, he's just like, okay, Padawan, you know, like he still cares for her. He still sees the good in her. He still understands everything that she's been through. And Mace is just like, you know, the audacity that you left the order. Like, it's just like some bratty little teen. Like, uh, I, I've he, seen, I can't, I can't, like every time I've seen it, you know, 12 times I've watched it. It's like, what is your, all they had to do was great job, Ahsoka. Tell us what you know, or, Hey, this is what we know. Maybe we could join, you know, like, and there's so many times where you're like, man, if they would have done this and this order 66 could have been avoided. <laughs> but we obviously, you know, like, it's like, it's so sad that we all still had hope and we all go down these little things. Like what if, what if Mace apologized or what if, Mace asked Ahsoka, or what if Yoda followed through on his Force visions, or all these things that these we could have like avoided Order sixty six. If, if Anakin could have talked to Ahsoka one more time, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we could have avoided this whole thing. And you know, but that that whole little trite, con- you know, that he has with her is. I'm sorry, citizen, but this is a council matter. You know, like right. you, Mace Windu, like. Yeah. I love that people, because I saw people talking about this all over Twitter, you know, of course, and people were like so mad at Mace for this. And I'm just like, that's, that is Mace. Like he's always been like that. And just like, it, it made me think of when he, uh, when they're telling Anakin that he's on the council, but they don't grant him the rank of master where he's just like, sit down, young Skywalker. Yeah. It's like, dude chill out like why why add insult to injury at that point you know you made your you got your point across why are you continuing to push it but yeah i think mace really that's mace though i get that that's mace but still like you would think that like it kind of goes back to like earlier in the episode or when we when the martez sister explains their death of their family and um, then Luminar was like, man, the force is with you. That's just the way it's supposed to be. And it's just like, damn, mm-hmm. Jedi. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Like, you like you are so engulfed in this war and this escapade and what you think is the right way. And you have totally lost your way. And it makes Ahsoka's transition so much better and it makes luke's words in the last jedi so much more poignant and i it just i don't know man it's just like it really bothered me and i love the character mace windu and i know that's how he is but it's still like come on brother yeah and it sucks too because in the bad batch we got just a little bit of mace but it's like badass mace and like uh he basically shows up and just like saves the day with Obi-Wan and just like, he doesn't really, he says, you know, a couple things like that sound like something Mace would say, but this is like back to, yeah, that sit down Skywalker that Mm. like just that whole arrogance. And yeah, it's the hubris of the Jedi is just, uh, it drove that point home where it, (laughs) I don't want to say you don't feel bad for the Jedi because you obviously do with what happens. Um, 
but that is ju- it just like proves like how how lost they were at that point too and and no wonder they were clouded by the dark side yeah like it, you can't really be sh- shocked that they were so blindsided by what happened with that type of attitude so yeah yeah mace man he uh yeah he's he wasn't he wasn't doing it for for anybody and i I did like you know ahsoka's reaction was you know i understand and you know she probably took a little offense by how he said that uh but she did she was like i get it and she said you know not as a jedi and then when Yoda says that, or when she's, yeah, Yoda says not as a Jedi and she says, no, not yet. What do you think that meant? Because to me, it sounded like, no, like I'm going to be a Jedi again. You know, this, at that point, she's like, wow, the, the war could be over if Obi-Wan captures Grievous, you know, like this could be it. To me, it sounded like, okay, now that the war's about over, maybe I'll go back. Maybe they'll change their ways. Maybe I can talk some sense into them or whatever it is or, you know, now that I proved myself that I captured Maul, maybe I'll be on the council and I can make some change. But that's kind of how I read it. I I felt like that was left like intentionally kind of vague, though. Yeah, I agree. When I would no, know not yet, and I was like, so is something going to happen in these these episodes that uh, leads us to she renounces them all together, which she kind of does at the end of the next episode, I guess. You know, she kind of just finally, you know, that's what makes that end of that episode. We'll talk about the end of, end of victory and death. So oh man, just sticks home, you know? Yeah. I thought that same thing. I don't know what that means because even in rebels, when we see her again, she's still not, she says, I am no Jedi. You know, she still hasn't claimed the ways. So maybe in her search for Ezra that she, you know, somehow she comes back to those, she gets back into that, you know, or maybe she just falls on the light side in the middle, like the Bindu. I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I agreed when I heard that, I'm like, what does that mean? This, we know and the, in the information we know from the novel and the rebels, she's not a Jedi anymore. Uh, so are we going to get this story where she becomes one again? I don't know. It was, I, I like that. They left a lot of stuff like that kind of vague. And we'll talk a little bit about more of those but yeah, it just kind of opens up the possibility and the questions on, you know, everything isn't black and white and what that meant. But yeah, and then Yoda staying and having an extra chat with her like that was a that was a nice moment between the two because, yeah, that shows you Yoda's side of Yoda's just such a I mean, he's the best, you know, yes, and yes. Uh, no one to, be wrong mad about Yoda. I mean, that's why I'm, I mean, baby Yoda is so popular. I mean, he's just he's just a cuter version of the character we all love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It it's um and it was it was interesting. He says you have a message you want me to deliver and she's like I'll deliver it myself and then, you know, he says may the force be with you Padawan. He dis- his hologram disappears and then Rex comes in and says you didn't tell them what Maul said about General Skywalker and she's like no, I didn't. And it's like damn another one of those little runs like, Oh my God, what if she did tell Yoda about Skywalker? Yeah. What would have happened? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe and, Yoda would have gone or, or you know, he could have got there quick cause he's on Kashyyyk, I believe still. Yep. Uh, but um, it's, it's uh it's another just like damn moment. Like what would have happened? But even at that point, Anakin was already going to see the chancellor and Mace is not 
too far behind him anyways. But if he did know that, that he was the apprentice, you know, the phantom apprentice that Ahsoka wouldn't believe from Maul. But yeah, if they would have known that, like, would they have taken more Jedi? Would have they have gone after Anakin first? Like, yeah, it opens up a whole whole lot of possibilities with that. And Mace wouldn't have been as caught off guard, you know, when Anakin turned on him too. So yeah, yeah. sad. They, Ahsoka was 30 seconds from seeing Anakin talking to him. And then she was a sentence away from tipping them off to Anakin too. Just crazy. Ahsoka. More to say, have you? A message for Skywalker, perhaps? No, Master. Thank you. I'll tell him myself when I see him. May the Force be with you, Padawan. You didn't tell them what Mole said about General Skywalker? No. I didn't. So we go from that scene, we go over to them loading Maul up onto the ship. And Bo-Katan says he's in this big metal carrier, kind of reminiscent of Han and Carbonite a little bit, just because it's standing up. I mean, obviously the, this, the actual piece is, is a lot different, but it's in this big metal thing. It has a bunch of Mandalorian symbolism on it. Bo-Katan says a relic of a bygone era when Mandalorians had reason to imprison you force wielding maniacs and yeah. Ahsoka kind of laughs it off. And uh, yeah, she says that that was the last one because Satine had outlawed those devices. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice, uh, another nice shout out to Satine too, but I just I tell you you what, know, from watching today and that now I've watched, I've rewound it a thousand times since and not really a thousand times, but I could swear to my life that Darth Reven's on the front of that. Mm-hmm. I've seen I that. I, I don't know why that I think that, but it, there's like a hooded, you know, there's Mandalores, there's Mandalorians all over like the edges of it. And then if you look like in the center, there's like a hooded, hooded figure and it, it looks like his mask. And now, you know, I'm a Darth Reven uh, fanboy. I wish he comes into canon i mean he has been introduced to canon sort of um i hope he comes into this story at some point maybe with the high republic i don't know it doesn't really fit that timeline but um i don't know uh, i i feel it's got that mando helmet on it and it looks it looks to me that like that and that around that time i'm pretty sure reven was around if if he is canon or if he is you know whatever they decided to do with him and i can't remember where where he stands in the, I mean, in Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker, one of those Sith groups was a Reven's, were Reven's group or something. I think so, and he's, he's in the Yoda arc, right, too, in, in some capacity, I think, in the Clone Wars. There, I, I can't remember if that's from the cut scene or was a deleted scene where Reven was in it, where, he, you know, Reven and Bane came to yeah. someone in a vision, and then that was cut out, so that wasn't canon. But then I thought something else came out with Reven. Anyways, I could talk about Reven and my comparison theories about him all the time, but it looks like Reven to me. And I don't know if that's true, but I've, I've tried to look at it many times and it, it kind of looks, um, but it's kind of cool. Like I know that Django wasn't a Mandalorian, but you know, this whole war and this whole thing where they basically bred, you know, these a clone, these Mandalorian warriors, which would kind of be kind of make sense. If you'd clone this type of person that, has a history against fighting Jedi and defeating them. 
Um, and maybe that's what the purpose was the whole time. And I know Django is not a Mandalorian, but um, it still kind of kind of ties back in together. You know, why not make clones out of a, a race of people that, you know, despise the Jedi. And so it's kind of interesting to think about. I think eventually they're going to do something with Darth Revan, especially now that they're kind of going backwards in time and kind of playing around with that era a little bit. But yeah, that was just that whole setup of that thing that Maul was in. Like, it just got me thinking like, if that's the last one and like what happened, cause that probably survived the crash too. So it just got me thinking like maybe that'll come into play with something, you know, down the line, but yeah, it was a, it was a cool design and yeah, I paused it a couple times and tried to like look at it. I know people were breaking it down all over the place, but yeah, that'd be cool if there was a, a tie in with Darth Revan for sure. So this is when Ahsoka and Bo say bye. Uh, we get that close up shot of Maul's eyes as he's watching Ahsoka and Rex. So we, we keep getting these close up shots of Maul just like kind of meditating a little bit. And a lot of, a lot of these last two episodes, there's just no dialogue and it, but it just like, it says so much and it's just, it, it's setting us up for how the series ends with that last five minutes, basically no dialogue. Like we keep getting these like spells of it and it's just, it's just so good. I don't, I don't, I don't have much, much else to say about that, but we, yeah, I, mean, I like the, I mean, yeah, it, there's a moment there where like he, his eyes, he, you can tell he's like force trying to communicate or whatever. I don't know if it blocks the force or, or whatever that box he's in, but you, you can tell Ahsoka realizes he's saying like there, there's some sort of communication between them. Like it's about to go down or, you know, like there's just that quick little, she senses something he, he mm-hmm. there there it's some form of communication and they so then they take him into the star destroyer the clones all leave so it's basically mandalore and then this is when we know like okay it's about to happen like we know it's it's they go into the bridge of the star destroyer and it's like super dark in there and it just it feels like it's, it's already the empire, you know, which it basically is, but the guys in their um, little M- Imperial suits and the clones just walking around, is like really dark. And they look like clones to me, to be honest, they looked like clones in Imperial uh, garbs. When I first saw that side note and like, it's like no, almost they sure. knew it was happening. Like it was just weird. Like the music, the eerie music, like it was just like, you know, they were saluting her still, or they were still like acknowledging her, but it was just like, Oh, we, yeah. you know, we got her, we got her in here. Like it's going, it's coming. Like they knew it was coming before it was coming. Kind of weird. Like it was and, and maybe just because I, I knew it was coming. Like, you know, I don't know why, but it just seemed really eerie. And what was cool about when they put Maul away, I totally got like new hope prison vibes, you know, like that, you know, they had the, when they put them in that cell, like they had, you know, the red lines, you know, just like little things that like correlated with old star Wars. And then the ray shields close once they put them in the, in the, into the prison too. Yeah. Just cool little, just cool little vibes like that. No, for sure. And with those officers, you're right. They did kind of look like clones. And I, I always think about all these Imperial officers. Cause like we know Tarkin is loyal to the chancellor. You know, we get that kind of story in the clone wars and we kind of know his history and everything, but with all these other Imperial officers who aren't clones, you know, are, are 
they all clones at this point and but then we know like in the original trilogy like they're not so are they just loyalists are that do they have chips in them too or do they just follow the clones orders at that point and whoever's commander on the ship like they just blindly follow that anyways but yeah that's that was a whole that's a whole nother thing as far as getting into the history of the imperial officers that were not clones and were not chipped and everything this is where we get the rex and ahsoka conversation that we've ha- we've kind of heard in the trailers and the line that you brought up earlier about ahsoka as a jedi you know being trained to be keepers of the peace not soldiers but that's all they've been and then rex says that they've known no other way and you know they have mixed feelings about the war without it us clones wouldn't exist and then ahsoka says well then perhaps some good has come from all of it the republic couldn't have asked for better soldiers nor i a better friend they salute each other there's a little smile and then guy comes in says they have a new briefing and we know what's going to happen she's like you you can go ahead and take it i'm sure it's more good news because in ahsoka's head like the war's almost over like obi-wan is going to capture grievous we're going to end this thing it's going to be done and she's like oh i'm sure it's just another you know maybe he got him or whatever and we know what's about to go down what i like about that is that you know it still gives what the whole thing in the Clone Wars, and even there were so many different stories, but it really puts, you know, like Rex, you know, it really gives them faces. You know, all we had in the original trilogy was stormtroopers, terrible shots, you know, um, kind of made up a mockery of of what they were. And yeah, I, I like that scene just because, you know, it, we, we've come to care about Rex. There's been so many people that I've talked to or just read about what people are saying, how people have come to care so much about Rex and what happened to these clones and um, what happened to what happened to five was terrible and what happened to Gregor and what happened to Wolf. And so I, I I love that, that it it just, just focuses the point on caring about these, these clones or, yeah, they were soldiers, but you know, they, they sacrificed just as much. Um, And we get that kind of scene, in the next episode where that, you know, brought a lot of people to tears, you know, with when Rex breaks down from, from that little scene where it's, again, it's just kind of quiet. You're looking at hyperspace. You're kind of entranced in hyperspace and then Maul's eyes just open. And then you kind of hear all the, then you hear the, you must choose and you hear Mace saying, don't listen to him, Anakin. Then you get, I need him. You know, that kind of, that, that banter, you hear Hayden Christensen again. You hear, you know, Lanter's voice. So you get both both versions of Anakin. Yeah, and then and Ahsoka. Ahsoka. What's interesting is that like Ahsoka and Maul are sharing this vision too. Like they're mm-hmm. both doing that. Like they're so in tune with what's going on, and especially after their big conversation the episode before, where yeah, they're both getting this. Like they're both hearing everything that's going down. Maul knew that it was coming. It's more of a shock to Ahsoka, but you've got to think the wheels are starting to turn. And then Ahsoka's reaction to that moment where Anakin turns is just heartbreaking. And it's the same. She kind of has that same like taken aback reaction that Yoda has when all this goes down too, like where the clones start to turn on everybody. And it's just, yeah, we get, then we get Rex getting the, order 66 and saying yes lord sidious 
And then he goes in and he's like shaky. You know, he drops his helmet and then he tells. He's obviously fighting it. He's obviously yeah. fighting. He's trying to fight, fight it. And he's got the single tear that goes down his face. And she's like, what are you doing? And then the other clones are turning on her. And he's like, no, like, I'm going to take care of this. And yeah, it's that internal struggle that he's having. And he's shaking, he's shaking. And he's saying, find him, find him, fives, fives, find him, find him. Like right before he tries to blast her. And just him spitting that out, like, is, it just shows you how awesome of a character Rex is too, that like he could internalize that and be able to, at least get that tiny bit of information that would end up saving him and Ahsoka out there. Yeah. And then yeah, they, they go after Ahsoka, Anakin's dark deeds from revenge of the Sith starts playing. And like the music is just so dark and that's uh, the name of that song. I couldn't think of it or, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had that, that dun, 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 dun. and then, yeah. you know, when he's, yeah, that, that whole man, that scene, that, the music just like, grabbed me that's a beautiful use of that music there um it is and we get that in the force awakens too with kylo ren when he kills han solo and it's like the same thing it's like i don't know just how those line up and uh between kylo ren doing that to han solo and then when we get a lot of that with anakin when he's on mustafar and just the way that those shots are done like lighting wise and just it, it's it's just so good it, it immediately puts you back in those moments at the same time and that's the magic of star wars too where they can use those music cues to take you back to that place while you're watching something new so yeah, yeah that was really memorable really really tragic but really really good uh but yeah so stormtroopers go after her. she's up on that hollow computer and then she's like doing all these sweet moves i mean she gets out of it and she's like spinning around there's dust there's all sorts of stuff just like flying everywhere and then she goes up and cuts her way through to a different part of the ship and then this is where you know rex rallies the troops and says you know go execute maul uh, we need to find ahsoka She's been marked for termination by Order 66. You know, anybody who doesn't follow this order is committing treason and will be executed yeah. too. And any soldier that doesn't, yeah, any soldier doesn't follow will be also committed for treason. I think he calls her, yeah, he calls her Tano. And then she goes, and then she goes and releases Maul. And another thing I noticed when she opens up that case um, that he's in, and that maybe this is just me, but like all those markings in like the little red lines, like it, it reminds me of the Sith temple in, um, in rebels, like all those different, are the, you know, like holocron markings that, uh, when mm. uh, Ezra finds the holocron, uh, a Sith holocron spoilers. Yeah. And, and I wonder if it has something to do with, you know, holding a Jedi, you know, like if it's got some kind of force power to it, what makes it, I don't know. It's just those markings inside them look ominous to me yeah and maybe we get some more of them later in the mandalorian or something get an explanation but that's just a a side note yeah no the way that it ties into the mandalorian is really cool because and who knows if those things were used for jedi or maybe they were used for sith too you know what i mean they just say you're you force wielding maniacs and i yeah when going back to that line that bo-katan says 
it reminded me of the Mandalorian, you know, where the armor is like, I know of such things, you know, and they were, they were enemies of our people or whatever. And it just kind of makes you think of the same thing where it's like, it's still kind of this magic thing that people don't quite believe in, you know, by the Mandalorian's time period. And so like seeing this all together was kind of makes you think about all those things. Yeah. So yeah, after so obviously uh, Maul, she goes to find Maul. Uh, she opens up his and says him and says, "Don't make me regret this," which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's kind of like, "Okay, great, you came to your senses. Basically, you've come to, you felt it, didn't you? You know, you heard the voices crying out. My ma- you know, this was brilliantly played, and my master did not prove me to this, but he's turned the." They turned the clones against the Jedi, you know, you know, she's like, listen, pal, <laughs> you know, I'm just using you for a distraction. And he's like, well, at least give me a fighting chance, you know, like, give me one of your lightsabers or something. She's like, listen, again, I'm not rooting for you, <laughs> like, which yeah. is just it's so cool. Just so Ahsoka, like, you know, I, I need and she de- and what makes Ahsoka even great. She's doing she's doing this for Rex. Like, she needs time. Like, she's not doing it for herself so she can escape. She's doing this so she can get time to save Rex. And that's what makes her, you know, be, you know, be, makes her one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Just, like, the just this, the way she has just matured and the person that she's become. You know, she's letting this Sith, <laughs> this former Sith, this <laughs> enemy of millions of people that she just vindicated Mandalore for helped to, to do that whole thing. All right. I'm, you know, letting him go because my friend needs me. I loved it. It just made it's, me happy. And it's just a cool scene. And, you know, yeah, it's so good. And you probably already know what I'm going to say. Cause I think I've probably said it on every episode of this podcast, but it's Rose Tico's line in the last Jedi. It's not about fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. I mean, this is, it's Star Wars. That's what Ahsoka is. And even the whole time she's doing this, like she's not trying to hurt anybody. Even after Rex tells her, and this is later, but even though he's like, you know, they don't care if you kill them. Like they don't, they don't get that. But she's still like the whole time she sticks to that. Like she's not doing it to kill people and fight people. Like she's doing it to, you're right, save Rex. And, and yeah, so it just goes to that, entire theme of saving what we love instead of fighting what we hate. But even when she goes in there to let Maul out, she force pushes the troopers, you know, like she force pushes one to the side and then the other one, she lifts up to the ceiling. Yeah. Which is like kind of awesome because we see that with Vader and rogue one, like that's kind of a famous move now. And Maul does that in a little bit too, but she's not killing them. Like she's not going in there to destroy anyone. She's, she's got a mission. She wants to let Maul out. And yeah, just the conversation between the two is, is hilarious. Cause Maul still thinks like, Oh, you're, you're helping me. She's like, no, like, I'm not helping you. I just, yeah. I need you to go cause some chaos. And you know, I, I love when she tells him what happened with the clones and he's like brilliant and starts kind of yeah. like chuckling. He's like, Oh man, that's like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, like that's really good plan. But yeah, so she lets him out and then she lets him out and then she goes and, and uh, gets all, gets the droids, which R seven was R seven, her droid back when like she was a Padawan. I was going to ask you that if you, if you knew, I could have swore R seven was her droid. Like R2 was Anakin's. 
Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I do feel like we've seen R7 before. That's yeah. probably something I should have looked up, but yeah. I, 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 like- I almost looked it up, too, and I was like, ah, oh, Travis will know. I'll, I'll just ask him. But I'm pretty sure R7 was her droid, and it was like a, you know, but she didn't have, like, very much of, like, a, hey, R7, you know, like, that type of thing. Like, maybe she was just in the, you know, in the mode, but I could have swore R7 was her droid, and, you know, and then we have that, the other droid that kind of reminds me of Chopper. It's got that, that you know, in his, in his little arm bar that he's always talking with. So she has him look up. CT five five five, which is um, not blank on his name. Fives, um, fives <laughs> number. Well, we just yeah. talking forever. Uh, look up, look up fives, and uh, so you got that Camino in, and they and what's weird about that is when the Camino is talking, like we presented this to the council, the Jedi Council, and they were fine. With, they were fine with the results. Like again, like a. What? Like, you didn't look more into this? Like, again, this is another, like, big old tool for you guys to unravel. And the only time you spent on Kamino was Obi-Wan's initial, I mean, maybe they went back, but, oh, you got some clones, huh? You know, and then Yoda went and got them. Like, you didn't think, like, to go back and explore some more? Like, it's like the Jedi Council was presented with this inhibitor chip type of uh, and they killed one of their Jedi. That's when that Fives turned on that twin sister Jedi and killed it. You see a picture of her in the, when she's scanning through, or when the droid is scanning through there. And then they go into the the one files locked, and she was like, "Well, try Anakin's code eighty one oh eight, which is." And I'm pretty sure I've, I've had people tell me that you know, Clone Wars started August tenth, two thousand eight, or uh, in two thousand eight. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a callback to that. I don't know if that's true, but I've, I've heard people say that. I didn't pick up on it at first. So I, I think it was not, August first, two thousand eight, was when the Clone Wars movie August. was released. Okay, I so that's believe. yeah. So that's a cool little connection there. It's only a Dave Filoni little thing. That's what, that's what I like to attribute yeah. it to. No, um, and so she it can't. Was good, but, and I just I love the moment with the droids. Like it's she does she has a little bit of a moment with R seven there too, where she like kind of puts her hand on him, and it's like the music that kind of plays kind of does feel like maybe they did have that connection, but then they just kind of like rally around, and she's like, yeah, like I don't know why they're doing this, and you can tell like the droids are kind of worried and like beeping like sadly, you know, and just like how they rally around her just in that moment was just such a like star wars moment like all this serious stuff is going on super dark stuff like all these clones are turning they're going after ahsoka they're saying to execute them for treason all this stuff and like this giant war going on and in the middle of all this we get these three droids that like are coming to save the day like how many times have we seen that in star wars and r7 cheap and gg and it's just like oh man those three droids like heroes you know i just looked it up of course it is her droid r7 helped her on many missions and navigational types of support when ashoka flies her jedi starfighter she is he is the co-pilot for her during the mission to take out the separatist blockades around the planet of Ryloth, which uh, obviously is where the um Twi'leks are from. So yeah, yeah. yeah it is her droid. I could have looked it up before, but it is her droid. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause yeah, that little moment right off the bat was was really good. And yeah, just it's so 
so Star Wars today. You know, it's like, where, do, where am I going to turn? There's no one else to turn. Like, I'm on my own right now. And it's like, oh, the droids. Of course there's droids. There's always droids. And yeah, just to see them get such a big part was really awesome that they threw that in for these last, like the final two Clone Wars episodes where we're focused on Ahsoka, we're focused on Rex, but like these droids get this big, heroic, like fun, you know, obviously it, it doesn't end well for them, but we'll talk about that. But like, it, it's so Star Wars. Yeah. And then what I really love too, is that we go straight from these droids, like Ahsoka talking yeah. to these droids. And then we go to Maul and his hallway scene where he's just like, mowing clothes and sound and he's like yeah. throwing these metal doors uh decapitating uh clones he's uh impaling them with these doors like he's just it's he got his vader rogue one scene right here where he's just dominating everybody in sight uh, i i there's the, the big debate on whether which scene which scene was better which did it rival Darth's scene, you know, Vader's scene in Rogue One, or was Maul's better? I mean, I still like the moment of Vader's scene because like that's the first time we've ever, ever, ever seen Vader like legit. Holy gosh, this guy is powerful! Like, <laughs> can just striking fear anyone. But I do Maul's the music, and I don't know why I. I like the aesthetic value of, of Vader's first, and I think it's just kind of nostalgia coming up. But to me, I like Maul's better. I just think, you know, he doesn't have a lightsaber. He's just doing this on just, like, brute force, like, pulling, you know, pulling these shields, you know, pulling the metal off the wall, these shields, like you said, decapitating clones, smacking them together, and then, you know, he. And he's thinking at what he needs to do right now. He doesn't have a weapon. And like they're trying to, those three clones are trying to run and close the blast doors. Mm-hmm. And the SOB pulls that dude's arm through the, so he can get that calm. And that's his, that's his motive there. His motive wasn't to, <laughs> like, that's what he wanted. He wanted that calm. Like, and then that's how he did it. I mean, good gosh. I mean, he probably could have gotten one off all the other ones that were <laughs> laying there in the hallway. But, uh, uh, yeah that that scene man I, I just loved it to death and yeah it did it did rival vader's for me just because of Maul. i love Maul as a character i mean Maul, ahsoka Maul, ahsoka vader and uh, luke are you know probably yeah they're it for me i don't think there's a character that that comes close for me but yeah, uh, yeah that scene was just just amazing yeah he's just mowing people down and yeah we go from kind of lighthearted with the droids to super gruesome Maul decapitating clones so that's that's star wars though we get we get that mixed in quite a bit and then we cut to the droids helping ahsoka ahsoka capture rex and so they surround him they get him cut off from all the other clones and they they blast him with this or they stun him and they take him to the med bay and then they're checking for the chip and then this is where i like really lost it with this episode because when they couldn't find the chip and they're on, I mean, this, the whole thing has been a ticking time bomb from the beginning, this whole final arc, we know where it's going, but especially now the clones are getting through the door. Like it's coming, it's coming, they're coming and she's not going to be able to do anything at this point. And they're checking for the chip. I think they check like two or three times, find nothing. And then this is where Ahsoka touches his head and says, I am one with the force and the force is with me over and over and over just like cheer it 
in Rogue One. And like, there is so much with just that like moment that we could spend an hour on because that she's saying it and she's saying it. And then Rex starts saying it too. It's like, what, what does this exactly mean? Like, how is this being used? And we haven't seen this before being used in this way, obviously. And it's something that Chirrut, who's, you know, guardian of the wills, and he, you know, kind of worships the force and everything about that. And it's like, what, what just happened? <laughs> like, holy crap. And then the chip shows up as, as Rex is talking. It's like, damn, like, where, where did that come from? Like, I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that that would be, you know, something that would happen in Clone Wars in a million years. And they just like hit you and it was like so perfect. And yeah, that was when I just, I was like, hold, I, I blacked out at that point. It's really good. Yeah, I, I loved it. You know, it's one, I think it's a Filoni, Filoni's uh, another tribute to George. And, you know, he, he tributes so much to George and, you know, the first, you know, George's first works were, you know, the, the will or the, that's where the movies came from. The Guardian of the Wills or I can't think of the name of it right now the journal or whatever he first first made but yeah it's a call back to that it's a call back to rogue one you know we get the hallway scene with vader and maul similarity then we get that what i what i was what cool about it was you know did the inhibitor chip you know they don't find it until she does that you know like is that what the force like is it somehow some way enables the clones to know who they need to kill like the you know the force sensitive beings i mean i know a lot of them work with the jedi obviously they're you know but like maul and you know i don't know that's how i kind of took it i was like does this like is it like a force and tuned inhibitor chip like how you know so they know who they need to target right i don't i you know it's just it's just me kind of spitballing here but um even though tana wasn't a jedi you know they they say she's targeted for termination. She's been marked, you know, like, so I don't know. Why is she marked? If that had anything to do with it. What I didn't like about it is that it took three, uh, 2.6 milliseconds to take it out. He comes right out and it's, it, it's off. So I, yeah, I guess so I, I didn't, I was like, wow, who's doing the surgery here? Is this put him in there for an MRI and it sucks it out. Um, yeah, that was but, really good. Cool. Uh, was really it was it was really quick and then you got and then from there did they retcon this or not you know and maybe maybe it's just me but you know in in rebels you know rex when he's talking to the ghost crew he says i never turned on my jedi um which obviously he did he turned on uh, ahsoka for a little bit until she saved him so is that retconned and they just changed it or like is it from a certain point of view type of um you know he did but he also saved her he didn't really turn on her and uh, yeah and i think i think at that point too because i think he was trying because like and kanan didn't trust him at all so he was probably from a certain point of viewing it towards him so he could kind of you know gain that trust too but yeah just the fact that when he wakes up to her you know the chip is out he's aware of what he just did. You know, he yeah. apologizes. It's like, yeah, kid, I'm okay. Sorry for what happened. Like I almost killed you. It's like, just the fact that they're aware too. So it's not like the, this chip is completely changing them. They, they still are aware of what they're doing. So if you take a chip out of 
any of those stormtroopers, they're going to realize what happened. You know, obviously not all of them are going to think the same way as Rex, but it's just that human element of these clones that like, they aren't just these like one dimensional characters. Like they, there's so much more to them. So that's just the first episode. (laughs) So that's, so luckily this came out on a Friday and then luckily May the 4th, Star Wars Day fell on a Monday this year because we get victory and death three days later. So we don't have to wait very long and which is good because I think everyone was, you know, it's kind of like the first episode of the Mandalorian where it came out and they reveal baby Yoda at the very beginning. It's like, I don't want to wait another week for this. And they gave us the next one in a couple of days. So I'm glad they uh, released this on, on Star Wars Day. So it picks up right where it started. The clones are getting into the med bay. Ahsoka and Rex now have to escape. And Ahsoka, right from the beginning, tells him to set those things to stun. We aren't trying to hurt anybody, which just further hammers a point home of how empathetic Ahsoka is. They're being hunted by hundreds of clones, and she still is like, I don't want to hurt them. So we get Ahsoka and Rex working together and just seeing them like back to back, like working together was so good, especially just this season, you know, seeing those first four episodes with Rex, the next four with Ahsoka, and then the climax of this entire arc. And they're just working together so well. And you can tell they've done it hundreds of times throughout their time together. So the droids are helping out. They need to find a shuttle. They're stunning all these guys. I love Rex's line. He says, the boys are having a rough time at it. And it's just like, Rex is keeping his sense of humor too, about it too. And it's just, it was just such a good one-liner. And then he asks her, you know, did you hear Maul escaped? And then Ahsoka's like running off and like doesn't want to explain, but she's like, yeah, he didn't escape. I let him out. And she runs off. I love the very beginning of the episode, the music is the the same music that's being played when Vader's being made and Padme's funeral. So I don't know if it it's just kind of a correlation or or what, but that that's the I don't know the name of the song, but that's the music that's playing at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah, so I love all that. And she says that, you know, I let Maul out. And then he, you know, then they have you have Maul coming back in to do more destruction. And uh yeah. He double force chokes the clones, like, right? Cuts straight from Ahsoka saying, I let him out to Maul doing exactly what she wanted him to. Uh, and yeah, he's doing that. And this is where he goes for the hyperdrive. And he turned, and so they're, they're trying to kill him when he's around that platform. And again, he, uh, he does an awesome move where he turns the one clone's fire on him and he turns him the other way to shoot at those other clones. It's just an amazing scene what's cool about this scene i also like about it you don't ever see what happens to him but there's like a a random imperial soldier that's like in the middle console you don't see him get shot or, or maul like direct any bullets at him but when like maul gets ready to he like pushes the 
the middle like console away and there's just like a dead imperial soldier laying there um i just i was like oh that's awesome i don't know why i just I like that scene and we've never seen you know we've never seen anything like this you know it's a smart move take that hyperdrive down to like basically you know if i don't do this i'm in coruscant you know so i'm gonna do this and he does it and it's a cool scene it is, yeah, and it is something we we've seen the hyperdrives before, but we haven't seen someone take it out with the force. And yeah, she wanted him to create a diversion, and I don't know that he could have done a better job at that because yeah. yeah, it was it was intense. And they, you know, the people that were the officers who were flying the ship were like, "What is what is happening right now?" And then. So then it shows them like if they fall out of hyperspace and then they're going towards this moon, right? They say we're caught in, in that moon's gravitational field is what Rex says. So they're going towards a moon, but at the time that they're going towards the moon, they're going over another planet. And I'm going to talk about this at the very end when we talk about Vader, but that planet, we get it for not very long, like a second or two, but it looks like Hoth, like it looks like an ice planet where they land is this moon that they talk about. Uh, and it's like Brown and it's like Sandy and it looks like hot weather, you know, when they land, but that planet that they go over, it looks like an ice planet or a snow planet, but I'll, I'll talk about that later, but that's the point in the episode where I had to like, I, I watched it a couple times and then I noticed it and I kind of started making that connection. But now is when the ship's going down R7 is helping Ahsoka and Rex. He's opening these doors. You know, he opens the first door and they can see that they're going down. And then he's starting to open the side doors. They find a shuttle and then he starts opening the other side doors and it's all the clones. And so like every single clone on the ship comes out, lines up and they feel like they have nowhere to go. And this is where we get the super emotional like we already got that first scene right before order 66 and then we got rex during order 66 where he's got that like tear coming down it's really emotional but this is where it gets even like further where like they're going down with the ship they know all these clones are gonna die they need to try to save themselves you know rex is like do we fight our way out and ahsoka you know there's too many and i don't want to hurt them and then this is where we get that line that I think we've already talked about, but yeah, Rex is like, hate to tell you this, but they don't care. The ship is going down. Those are my soldiers, my brothers. They're willing to die and take you and me uh, with them. And Ahsoka is clearly upset. Rex, you can tell from his voice. And then Ahsoka leans in, takes his helmet off, and you can see he's crying. And it's just like, oh, oh, man. It's just like stab to the heart just so emotional and every time i watched it still it's brutal i mean it's yeah it's it's just a tough tough scene that uh it's just there's so much going on the ship is going down and and it's just so you know they don't care they're going to execute their mission like that's we're going to die in either way basically if we don't come up with a plan to get out of here and it's just again it just the way they've developed Ahsoka's character. I mean, good gosh. I mean, this is just the way she says that they're good soldiers, just like you, they may be willing to die, but I'm not going to be the one that kills them. I mean, that just shows Ahsoka's greatness to me. 
I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I just go back to when she was introduced at first and people hated her, you know, she, you know, didn't like her at all. I mean, she's come so far that uh, she, she almost like she deserves better than a Jedi. <laughs> just, I, I don't know. Just like from all the stuff that we've seen and everything that they've done and their downfalls, like she deserves to be better than a Jedi because she is, she deserves to be the daughter reborn or light side reborn or however you want to look at that. I mean, that's, she is the embodiment of the light. Yeah. She's, she's just so good. I loved Ahsoka in the first six seasons, but then just this whole season is just totally cemented that where just everything she says and just everything she does is, you know, she's not perfect either though. You know, that's the thing like that this arc has proven like she should have maybe listened to Maul, you know, about Anakin and she maybe should have told somebody about that, but she sticks to her guns and she believes the best in people too. And I think that's why, you know, like this is Anakin, that's her, her master or whatever. And she wasn't going to believe that. And then, yeah, we get to this moment where there, the ship is literally like careening towards this planet. Like they're all going to die anyways. And instead of fighting them, she's like, no, like I, I'm still, I'm not going to kill them. So, you know, Rex is like, so we're just going to surrender. And then she comes up with a plan, which she's always great at. And when she said like, I have an idea, it uh, threw me back to the trace and Rafa Martez sisters arc where she had to keep coming up with these plans for them. Like, Hey, we can do this. And so Rex walks her out in front of the clones, just those two. She has her hands over her heads. And this is where it's like Rex versus Jesse. You know, Jesse's been a huge part of the Clone Wars. And now he's basically taking command of this army because Rex, in their mind, has committed treason. And so the plan is to buy enough time for the droids to basically take out the clones or, you know, drop them on those like levels and like get them down. They come out and Rex does, and it was Ahsoka's plan, but what a lot of people thought was going to happen with Ahsoka, which is she's not a Jedi. Like we shouldn't kill her because she's not a Jedi. And we, that's kind of how I thought maybe Ahsoka was going to get out of all this was, Oh, she's not a, you know, she's not targeted because she's not a Jedi. So they try to pull this, on Jesse and Jesse's like, no, you already gave us the order to kill her. Like now you're not going to kill her. Like that's treason. So we're going to go after you. And so we get this whole like back and forth with Rex and Jesse. And then that's when the plan starts to take shape. The droids drop the floor out on the clones. Uh, A bunch of them drop down like to the lower level of the ship. And then this is where we get more of Rex and Ahsoka working together. And like he tosses her the lightsabers and it's just like the coolest thing watching them work together. And so they only have, you know, a quarter of the clones still on their level that they kind of have to fight off. So they're stunning, like all of them. And then it cuts to Maul. He shows up, he spots the shuttle. So now they're all running towards the ship. Yeah. The thing I like about back to when you said Rex's uh, humor, you know, I, you know, I didn't really like being much of a commander anyways. You know, like when it, when and Jesse's talking about demoting it. No, that was a good line. And uh, it was pure Rex. Yeah. Like he's kept that same sense of humor that he's always had. He's always had those like one, one liners, those little quips. 
And yeah, that was a, that was a good, another like lighthearted moment to remind you like, Oh, this is star Wars too. You know, this isn't like all bad. <laughs> and so that was a, that was a nice kind of change of pace where he throws that into Ahsoka. So they're all going towards the ship. Maul uses a force, pushes back Ahsoka. She's dangling there. The droids help pull her up. Maul takes off in the ship. And then this is where we get Ahsoka force pulling the ship back. And like the visual of this. And like, obviously we just saw this with the rise of Skywalker with Ray and Kylo Ren, but seeing it again and seeing it in animated form and just the way they framed the shot was just incredible too. So what I like about what, when she starts pulling the ship, Again, what I like about this is that it, we see a lot of things that we saw in the new trilogy that, you know, a lot of people got complaints about, you know, like force healing and getting information from, you know, the your opponents, whatever you want to do, force getting the information, whatever that's called. And you'll, oh, they, this is ridiculous. This isn't how the force works. We've never seen this. Raise a Mary Sue, blah, 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 blah. How does she have? And I like when something is so great as this that Ahsoka shows the power that she has, that she can grab that ship and prevent it, you know, prevent it from going. And we see that obviously in the rise of Skywalker with Ray pulling that ship down, which eventually she thinks that she killed Chewie and then force unleashed. You get, you know, star killer pulling a ship down. You know, we don't ever see that. And it, I, I like how, it's brought in these animation things to kind of maybe shut up those naysayers that, you know, you've never, I've never seen this before. Well, just because you haven't seen it before, doesn't mean it's never been done or that it hasn't existed or it can't be done. You know, moving a ship out of the water like Yoda did is not what Ahsoka was doing. And it just shows her powers too. I mean, her skills with the lightsaber. I feel like this is a Ahsoka Tano um, <laughs> love fest that I'm spewing out here, but like her skill with the lightsabers, obviously she trained under the one of the best and you know, her force powers and what she can do. I mean, obviously we know that she has the daughter's powers in her and into some capacity and that probably enables her to do some of these things that she can do. And she's just kind of finding them out. But um, I, it's good to see. I, well, I think it, yeah, I think it is. And I think that's really what I've, loved about the past five or six years of star wars is that it does like continue to go forward and it's not just the same stuff because like if they weren't doing that then what are we all watching for you know like we want to see new things and we want to see them continue to explore new avenues and, and new things that they can do and just another thing that i've never seen before is what she does you know she she's trying to hold them all back in the ship and then she realizes rex needs her help and like it's it's over like he's getting away so she lets go of maul maul escapes jumps into hyperspace but then this next move like i i didn't notice it the first like four or five times that i watched this and very first time she throws both of her lightsabers still lit into the ground and then uses the force to make them go around in a circle so they can drop through. And I literally, I don't know how I missed that. I think I was just like, so enamored with everything else going on. But today I was watching that. I was like, Holy crap. Like I had to rewind that. I was like, what in the, what just happened? But yeah. She throws them down, still it uses the force. They spin around and then they drop down to the bottom of the ship. And I was just like, that was just like the coolest move ever yeah right there. it it had i can't remember if it's the deleted scene or not but 
Anakin does that move, that same move with uh, Obi-Wan. And I don't know if it's a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith or a deleted scene from somewhere, but they're on a level and they're trapped by something. And he does the same thing. He uses his lightsaber, cuts the floor out, and he falls down. And I believe he falls like into like a little tavern or something, like water on the floor, or, or I can't remember. But he that's a, a move Anakin does, but I can't for the life of me think when he did it or where I saw it. I think you're right. I think it's Revenge of the Sith, and I think it's a deleted scene. And I can't I, remember. So I, I don't feel, know if or not, but I do remember that happening. I can't remember. It's when they're caught in the ray shields, or they're caught before they meet Grievous. I can't remember when it is, or it's after Shock T got killed. I can't remember what the scene is. I feel like uh, it was after, like when they had, even when they rescued Palpatine or something. I don't know. I yeah, remember, I remember seeing it because once, I, once I, I, I saw the move right away, and I was like, oh, she cut. She cut the floor like Anakin did. That was my first reaction. And I was yeah. like, then I was trying to go back and think, wait, did that happen? Am I just making this in my head? But I do remember it happening. And I was like, well, that makes sense. If Anakin did it, she can do it. Um, right. We've never seen that before as well. But yes, an amazing, amazing scene. And she's shown us, is, is, again, I apologize, listeners, for my Ahsoka Tano love fest. But, uh, you know, we've seen all these things that she's done, you know, when she's jumping off that, a ship that's crashing on Mandalore and she does that little flip and then stops herself with the, with the blades. And we don't, we hardly ever see that. And then when Maul force pu- pu- pushes her almost, she almost falls down to where the clones are and she grabs a hole with the, her lightsaber. So she uses those as like breaks all the time. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, really, really awesome scene. So good. And, and then again, cuts to the droids and they save the day again. But then Jesse tells them, tells the clones to blast them. And so they turn on Cheap and Gigi like a firing squad. So it's like, yeah. whoa, like yeah. really? Like, Gotta really? hear the R2 scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just sad. And so, yeah, they they finally get Cheap and Gigi at least. But uh, they had their one final moment of, of saving the day. Mm-hmm. So... The ship is still going down. At this point, Ahsoka and Rex are at the very bottom of the Star Destroyer, and they find another ship. And then another cool thing that we've seen Ahsoka do that even this season, she force pushes Rex across the big gap, the chasm, whatever you want to call it, into the ship. And then Ahsoka's still fighting off the clones. And then she jumps to the ship, and as she jumps to the ship, the ship drops out, and it's just like in a free fall. And so Rex is in the cockpit in a free fall. They're both just falling towards the surface at this point. Rex finally gets the ship fired up. He goes to find Ahsoka. And then she like appears out his like passenger side window. And it kind of reminded me of the Mandalorian when he's, he's flying off and the Mandalorian comes up beside him, you know, with the jetpack. but obviously she doesn't have a jetpack, and she's just like free falling. And then he opens up the hatch. She falls again. And then she, this is where she runs along the star destroyer. And then one more big jump and like lands into the ship. And that just amazing. Yeah. Again, that, that reminds me of, I don't, I don't know if you've played fortune Unleashed at all. Um, but yeah, again, uh, star killer has like a move like that where he's like falling and lands into a ship. I can't remember. I can't remember when it was, but I do remember that for whatever reason, that's, that's what comes into my mind. But also, when she's falling, if you look, she has both of her sabers on her on her clip. But when she obviously, when we get to her on the on the land, uh, she's only got the one that she drops. 
obviously we know that she loses both of her lightsabers and she doesn't get them again until she meets the Inquisitors uh, later down the road. But um, the little, what happened to the second one? Yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. And so the destroyer goes down, Rex and Ahsoka are just torn apart. You can tell this is, you know, from here to the end of the episode and even a lot of that, you know, when they're falling down towards the surface surface, there's no dialogue and like there didn't need to be any dialogue. And there's just, you know, the really sad music and Mm -hmm. it shows the wreckage. And then you see Rex walking and he has a shovel and then you see it. And actually this is like a good thing and more lighthearted, but you see R seven there. He's like, blasted or he's like torn up a little bit but you see like a quick shot that r7 is still there so it kind of gives you that hope that they're gonna fix r7 and he's gonna be okay but then rex turns around looks at ahsoka she's got her gray hood on and she's just staring at all the graves you know that they've dug and all the dead clone troopers and all the helmets half of them painted like her face and you know the other ones just the normal clone troopers and it pans over and it pans to Jesse's helmet. And it's just like, man, like that's, yeah, it's hard to even describe, but it's, I don't know. It's just somber. It's just sad. And then she looks at her one lightsaber, drops it on the ground. And then that's it for Ahsoka and Rex. Yeah. You know, obviously the scene, if you, um, if you haven't seen her in Rebels, you know, the scene where after she's gone and Ezra saves her, you know, we don't see her again until the very end when her and Sabine go off on her, their little hunt for Ezra. Um, she's kind of got that same, you know, that white Gandalf type of look to her in this episode and in that episode as well, kind of like that hooded cloak and, you know, just kind of like the all-powerful Ahsoka the Wise or the White, or however you want to say it. You know, so he's got that look. Yeah, it's a somber scene. It's it's amazing that, you know, again, it shows Rex and how much Rex's brothers meant to him and how much the clones meant to Ahsoka that they each, you know, buried each one of them individually, you know, and their helmets are there. And I think it's, yeah, I thought it was cool to have all the different representations of the helmets. You have some of the 501st there. You have, you know, Ahsoka's, the clones that were Ahsoka's, you have, you know, just regular old, however you want to call them, just plain old clones. Yeah, and then she drops her her saber, and what is the significance is, you know, I think from the novel, she drops it because that they know they could find her, and um, it's a, you know, it's a way that, you know, if anyone sees her with that weapon, they know who she is, or, you know, Anakin can sense her. I can't remember if Anakin can sense her because, you know, he manipulated the you know, manipulator lightsaber, or if there's some way where they can sense it. I can't remember it from the novel now that I'm talking about it. But, yeah, they um, kind of had to both fake their own death just so mm-hmm. they wouldn't, um, so they'd give up that search of trying yeah. to find her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that the whole scene is just, you know, it's just amazing. And then one of the coolest shots I, you know, and I don't know if it is, and it's just made up my head, but like when they're showing her, they show her face. And then the um, the Imperial Lambda, you know, T4 comes down like the way it comes down and then like her face pans. It's almost like it, it like turned into Vader, kind of Vader's face before he's even landed. I don't know if, if, I, if I'm just making up my head, 
if you look at it again, like the, this, it, the way that they it, it came down, I've, I got like a glimpse of Vader's mask in there. Obviously, we see Vader coming up, but I, I don't know. I just thought it was like a cool scene. Like here comes Anakin, there goes Ahsoka, you know, like mm-hmm. a, um, or Vader. Yeah, and, then and it, we don't know how long you know how how long this has taken place. Is this if you go by the comics, you know he doesn't have his red red lightsaber for I think it's a year after Revenge of the Sith when he gets his his actual when he kills another Jedi and bleeds the crystal. I can't remember the name of the Jedi he kills. Karok, Karok, something Karok, Octa, something like that. I can't remember who he kills in the comics to get his. But I think I think it's either been six months to a year before he has his red lightsaber. Yeah, and he has he has his lightsaber on his hip too. There, yeah. um, and, and the imagery. So yeah, it, it cuts to Vader's ship, and then we get like those snowtroopers from mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back time period. Yeah. And those and, are not clones anymore. Those are regular stormtroopers. And yeah, they got probe droids. So we got yep. we know that it's. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could guess on the timeline, but I would say it had to be at least six months to a year after this, these events, maybe longer. I think, I think it's longer. And I think, you know, first of all, just the fact that we got Vader was just, it was something that I had said earlier when we started talking about this. Like, I think we have to see Vader. I thought we'd see like Anakin, like pretty soon after he turned into Vader, but just the fact that, yeah, we get Ahsoka and then it cuts to um, Darth Vader arriving it just ties everything together even that much more because we needed, we needed to see how Anakin's story, even within, like we know everybody knows that he's Darth Vader, but even within the context and the, you know, seven seasons of the clone wars, like it was really about Anakin too. And obviously they could only take him so far in that, but to wrap up his entire arc in the clone wars, even on its own, like we needed to see that too. So just getting him, you know, I thought that was a good way to tie everything together. And he bends down, he picks up Ahsoka's lightsaber, he ignites it, which was kind of cool. Uh, I don't know why he did that, but just to maybe make sure that it was the one that, you know, he gave her. And then he looks up, he sees Morai, the convor that is the representation of daughter. And just the fact that we get the probe droids, we get the snow troopers, we get the, the storm troopers. It looks like empire strikes back time period. He's got his red lightsaber, you know, he's got his uh, lightsaber on his hip and then they end up on this moon where I can't imagine there are really any life forms on this moon, right? They're all dead clones, but the probe droids are there. The probe droids are looking for life forms you know, like they're only going to alert for light forms in my head. This is the same time that he sent out the probe droids to try to find Luke right before the empire strikes back. So like in my head, that's when this is happening. And the fact that Morai is there is like, that would have been the only life form there. So it was like the daughter slash Ahsoka slash, however that whole thing works, like that convoy go there alert the probe droids, you know, that there was a life form there to draw them to this moon. And Vader, it's part of his story that he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber that much in the future that starts leading him towards his redemption too. Obviously Luke is what does it. And that's what the original trilogy is about, but how does that tie in? And like, just 
I don't know, just the possibilities and the questions and the non-answers and everything surrounding this entire last scene is just so intriguing to me. I always take everyone's theories and, and put a little, you know, try to think about, you know, how they, how they saw it because everyone has different things. I don't, I don't think it necessarily takes place that long. The reason I say that is, by the way, I love the fact that, you know, he looks up and you can see the red eyes and through the red eyes, you can see, you know, from, from what I can tell, it looks like normal blue eyes. Anakin had blue eyes. Um, so it looks like blue eyes. So his, his, you know, his Sith eyes that it turned in, in his battle with Obi-Wan, either that's calmed down or he's, is he like that? Because as soon as he picked up Ahsoka's lightsaber, like all these emotions flooded back into him because, you know, like, oh my God, now that I, I'm, I'm, I can feel the good in me. I, you know, I don't know, but I took it as, and the scene that I took it as, it's like him, so he lights her lightsaber, he looks up, he sees Morai, puts the lightsaber back down, and then walks away, and you see that shot, and like, to me, that shot tells me that like, he's walking away from it all, like, that is the last remembrance, finding Ahsoka's lightsaber, like, that is the last semblance that he had of Anakin Skywalker, like, that was it. And like that scene of him walking away in that clone is just like, you know, he's walking away from it all. Now there is nothing left of Anakin Skywalker and he is indeed Darth Vader now. You know, that's how I, that's how I perceived it. And, you know, so I think, you know, and obviously we know he becomes the most feared man in the galaxy from the events to come. So, that's why I think it doesn't take very, very long after because not, you know, he starts hunting down, you know, he's, he's probably already in the process of hunting down Jedi, obviously that that's how I took it. But it, mm-hmm. the scene itself is just glorious. The shot, like the, him walking away in the, in the, in the clone. Cause it gives us like one more glimpse of like the clones and their importance. And the, you know, the whole clone wars is what made him turn into what he was you know if there was no clone wars there you know there would be no vader and i don't know it was just a gorgeous shot and i still like to know more about morai and what um, her significance is and why she's in certain places at a time just because she has a connection to someone is it you know she's there right there just because of what you said or is Mm -hmm. she there because vader's there and she's always watching over people that she's cared about, you know, because obviously when we think she's dead and uh, spoilers, I apologize in rebels, you know, when Kanan and Sabine are training with the dark saber, you know, Mariah's back there watching over them, you know, is she watching over them because she cares about them or why, you know, and maybe it's been explained and I just don't know, but I'd like to know more about what that means when she's around. Yeah. Like, that would help explain, I think, this ending scene. Um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to explore, and I think, and I don't know, and I think that's one of those things where we're not going to get answers. You probably you know? won't ever get that. I mean, yeah, which is what makes us keep wanting to watch Star Wars and why we love it so much. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that scene it, complete 180 from how you read that scene, which I think is just what makes it the best. You know, everyone's got their theories, and and I think. You know, if we had a concrete, if, if it didn't have that last scene with Vader, we wouldn't have any questions to ask. 
you know, it's like, oh, we know that Ahsoka and Rex show up in Rebels. They're they're okay in the future, but we don't have that like, oh man, when did Vader find Ahsoka's lightsaber? And then like he takes it with him, I think too. And it's just like, what what's going through his head? Yeah, you're right. Like, is that where he's like, okay, leaving it behind, or is that where, hey, it got him thinking more about other things i don't know it's just because you know the next time they meet each other i mean he's like he hates her almost like he like when they meet each other again in rebels in season two at the end of uh, twilight apprentice i mean there's no you know he his first thing he says to her like uh, so you're alive if you come with me you know my master could could show mercy on you i mean then it's like again he's like dealing in absolutes and like she's like you know um, no, my job is to destroy you or whatever it is. And you're like, no, you can't do that. You're Jedi and I'm no Jedi. And then they fight. And I mean, and he hates her. He wants to kill her. I mean, he, he is about to kill her. I mean, so like that, that also tells me that like, you know, at that moment he's present in there, you know, like it's, his eyes are blue. He's emotional or whatever. He's present. Like I care about this person. And then that moment when they meet each other, he like almost, there's a split second where he cares about it. And then he hates her. And then once you, deals that awesome blow to his face and he says her name you know ahsoka and he's she's like and then she like wakes up anakin like there he is again for a split second but then you know obviously we know from later in the episode in the world between worlds you know he's a you know that's that's no longer there his eyes are yellow you know he's 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 that person is gone and without ezra she's dead it's interesting to to connect all these dots on how he feels. And that's how I felt when I saw the scene, I was like, Hmm, you know, he's like, Oh, the blue eyes, you know, like he, he still has love in him. He's still, he's not completely gone. He's not all machine. And then I was like, Oh yeah. But when he met Ahsoka and rebels, there was no love lost. It was just like, I see you're alive. Now you're going to (laughs) die. Right. I'm glad that we got that scene with Vader. I'm glad that it left so many things up for interpretation and just things to think about. And, uh, you know, we'll watch that again in a year and maybe read it completely different with, you know, what happens and what comes out in the next year too. So I don't know. It was, it was a wild ride and yeah, it's sad that it's over, but I feel satisfied with how it ended too, where I'm not like, Oh man, I need another, you know, I'd, I'd love more Clone Wars, obviously. I'd love more anything Star Wars, but I'm, you know, it left me feeling satisfied on what the Clone Wars as a seven season series told us and what the story was. I'm, I feel like it couldn't have been wrapped up any better. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to want, you know, the Dark Disciple version of uh, a Clone Wars arc. And I've always, and I've like I said that before, I like a Son of Dathomir arc. Um, explain a lot to people. Um, I, I really would like that. I'd really like to see, you know, what happened to Boba. You know, we have that one scene where he kills Cad Bane and gets a dent in his helmet. You know, I'd like to have seen that arc too. And then when I first heard Clone Wars is coming back, you know, I, we've talked about before, I was upset that we were going to get the Bad Batch again. And then I didn't really care, you know, the, I didn't really care for the Martez sisters. I mean, it, they didn't hurt the story. I don't think it really... It, it helped with Ahsoka's development um, a little bit. Um, there's some cool scenes and some cool correlations. 
but yeah, the last four episode arc really, you know, like once you think about it, like I, I could care less now. I mean, I, it just was so good, so well done, so fitting to end. You know, I'm always going to be a, gr- a greedy, wanting more Clone Wars, and maybe we'll get something like that along the line. You know, just like some here's this and here that. I don't know, but uh, it's it, it it's so great. You know, I do have a couple questions, like you know. When does Rex meet Wolf and Gregor, and how do they get their inhibitor chips out? And you know, stuff, little questions like that. But those are how does Maul get the dark saber again? I hope we get that story in some way. You know, I think we will if we ever get a solo two, or we ever get a, I don't know, if we ever get get this information more in the Mandalorian. I mean, my gosh, it sounds like son we- is in Mandalorian two right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they keep releasing all these dang spoilers. If they're true, there's like 17,000 characters that we all love are being introduced into Mandalorian season two. So yeah. How does he get the dark saber back? Cause he has it, you know, we know from the Ahsoka novel, he gives one of Ahsoka's uh, lightsabers to one of the inquisitors. So yeah, I mean, stuff like that, but yeah, I couldn't ask for a better ending and, it was beautiful, and I've already I'm only watched one episode, but I already started watching Rebels again just because I want to keep it fresh in my head and just keep plowing, plowing through four seasons of Rebels now. Yeah, we started that the other night too, and um, it was like right from the first episode, it's like, damn, this is really good. Why haven't I not? Because I haven't rewatched it for a while. I've watched certain episodes here and there, but yeah, the other night I was like, I gotta watch something and. Cause yeah, there was a lot of things, a lot of questions that I had that I kind of forgot within rebels too. So yeah, that's, that's our next, uh, next thing that's going to be on TV every morning. So yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, between that and Mandalorian season two, having pretty much the entire cast of clone wars and rebels, uh, everyone who lived through those showing up at some point, we'll see what happens, but whew, it was a lot. I'm uh, sad it's over, but happy how it ended. Yeah, I'm sure we'll revisit Clone Wars plenty of times. And yeah, I think over half of our episodes have been about Clone Wars. And yeah, it's just been been a fun ride for sure. And yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever is next in the animation world. And of course, what's what's coming out, you know, live action as well. Me as well, brother. I can't, uh, can't wait for the new stuff. And, you know, October can't come soon enough. And hopefully we get some announcements um, from them, you know, from this you know, another cartoon announcement or, or whatever it may be, or more information on any of the other series. But yeah, I think Rebels Rewatch is what's on deck for me next. And I don't know, maybe that's something we delve in to force time and start analyzing Rebels or Mandalorian, however you want to do it. But um, yeah, willing and, and ready to talk more Star Wars anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will. Thanks for coming along today. You can find us on Twitter at Force Time Pod. You can leave us a review on iTunes. And until next time, may the Force be with you. 